Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director of Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's great, Keith. How about you? I'm so good. (laughs) Have you slept since you were at the Super Bowl? I'm just running on adrenaline right now. Nothing but. I love Vegas Katie. (laughs) Vegas Katie was in full effect this weekend. Well, hopefully we're going to hear more about Vegas Katie later on in the show. Um, Because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. We said you were in Vegas for the Super Bowl, right? We mentioned that last week. Okay, just making sure. Yes. (laughs) Katie was literally inside the stadium at the Super Bowl. I cannot wait to tell you all about it. Uh, So, yeah, we'll talk about that. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how the late Toby Keith hits number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with 35 biggest hits, how more than 40 albums on the chart gain in the wake of exposure on the Grammy Awards, and how the Grammys send a number of songs racing up the Billboard Hot 100 chart and even back onto the chart, including Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Also on the show, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, that thing. Because I was there, my God. <laughs> OMG, as uh, Usher would say. Oh and my God. there were some huge music moments aside from Usher's halftime show too, including Beyonce dropping new music after her Verizon ad and Ariana Grande starring in a new Wicked trailer. So we'll talk about all that and more in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. Uh, First up, Toby Keith's 35 biggest hits re-enters the Billboard 200 chart at number one following the country superstar's death on February 5th of stomach cancer. It's the fifth chart topper for Keith on the all-genre chart and his first since 2010. Uh, The album, by the way, uh, earned 66,000 equivalent album units in the tracking week ending February 8th, and that was up 953%. Uh, The album was originally released in 2008 and initially peaked at its debut rank of number two on the list dated May 24th, 2008. The album contains 31 of Keith's 42 top 10 hits on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart, including... 15 of his 20 number ones. So indeed, it is 35 of his biggest hits. Uh, It is uh, his first number one since 2010's Bullets in the Gun, and he also topped the tally with Big Dog Daddy 
in 2007, Shock and Y'all in 2003, and Unleashed in 2002. Gotta love Toby wow, Keith's album Wow, Shock titles. and Y'all. Shock and Y'all. Um, during his lifetime, he logged 14 top 10 charting albums, inclusive of his five number ones. Uh, Did you happen to watch, Keith, um, the... His final televised performance. I did of uh, "Don't Let the Old Man In." Yes, which we I was we on co- the, we the country people's the choice? people's choice country awards last year. We um we actually covered that show, and you know we we cover a lot of awards shows. We watch a lot of things. I <laughs> I remember that being just such an affecting moment at the time. And he also did interviews on the red carpet. It was the first time he'd been out in public since his stomach cancer diagnosis that he had you know announced it to everybody, and. He he was himself obviously, but he was much thinner and he you was know, obviously sick. Yeah, he was, he was obviously, obviously going well. through it. But and then to sing that song, which um, he had you know recorded before the diagnosis, before the Clint Eastwood movie The Mule. Yep, correct. But that song was like was such a choice to do it. I'm just so glad he. He he didn't have to go perform on an awards show. Nope. He didn't have to trot out for this, you know, event. I'm so glad he did because it's such an amazing like last moment. The uh, uh, I, I was interested in this because I saw that this particular song was number one on iTunes one day mm. uh, the other day, and I'm like, oh, where's this song from? Because it's not on the Greatest Hits album, and. I was curious. I thought, what's the motivation? And I realized, oh, it was because of this award show performance and because of the meaning behind the song, which I did not know until I read a little bit more about it, probably our story, about how the song was inspired by a conversation that he had had with Clint Eastwood. I guess they might have been golfing or something when Clint was going to be making The Mule or was making The Mule. The Mule is about how uh, an old man becomes a drug mule, right. essentially. And um, I think Toby asked Clint something about uh, something like, you know, you know, he's Clint is a very old man yeah. and yet he's still directing films and he seems super active, super active. Yeah. And he was basically like, well, how do you do it? And Clint said that he doesn't let the old man in. Oh, wow. So that that's the line that inspired the whole song wow. about how you're not, you know, you're basically as young as you want to be. So as long as you don't let the old man in. Oh, that's and, uh, really beautiful. And so, yeah. And then also just sort of as an aside, um, I uh, enjoy watching uh, the Stephen Colbert you know, uh, show on CBS. And Stephen Colbert had a lovely tribute uh, to Toby Keith, um, which seems like an unlikely thing to do. Sure. We should say, you know, Toby Keith was famously very conservative and very vocal, especially during, uh, you know, after 9-11 and yes. the Iraq war and all of that. I mean, shocking y'all. Cur- it's cur- right courtesy there. Courtesy of the red, white and blue, the angry American. Yep. Yep. Um, However, uh, Stephen Colbert, I guess, had Toby on as a guest on his previous show, The Colbert Report. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, he was, uh, I think Colbert essentially said that he was prepared to kind of, you know, assume that they were going to have very differing opinions sure. and go into an argument. Sure. And uh, Toby essentially sort of taught him, like, look, you know, we, we can have differing opinions. You know, but we're all just at the at the core of it, just trying to get the same thing done. You know, we're trying to live a better life. We're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, we just have different perspectives on things. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, they became friends over wow. the years. And uh, uh, he has, uh, it, anyway, you should go watch Stephen Colbert's tribute. It's great. Um, and, you know, in a way, it could sort of teach us all uh, uh, something about how maybe we can all try to get along a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Stra- strangely enough. <laughs> um, all right. 
there's some fun facts about this album that I will I will briefly say mm-hmm. um, in terms of of why its uh, rank at number one is interesting and kind of unusual on the Billboard 200. Uh, so this is the first posthumous number one on the chart since Pop Smoke's Faith debuted at number one uh, in July of 2021 following his death in 2020. The last retrospective album to hit number one posthumously was Prince's The Very Best Of, which uh, hit number one in May of 2016, following his death the previous month. And 35 Biggest Hits is the first retrospective album in general to hit number one since BTS's Proof opened at number one in 2022. Uh, So yeah, a lot lot of things to say about 35 Biggest Hits and Toby Keith and... uh, yeah. It's a nice tribute to his leg- legacy, and yeah. obviously it already had a pretty rich legacy on the Billboard charts, to yeah. say the least. Uh, quickly, staying with the Billboard 200, more than 40 albums post gains on the chart this week thanks to exposure gleaned from the Grammy Awards, and we looked at every artist that was either a performer, presenter, an on-air winner during the show, or a nominee that was in a competitive category presented on the show. Uh, turns out, more than 40 albums by those artists post gains this week, including titles from SZA, Taylor Swift... Zach Bryan, Luke Combs, Tracy Chapman, and more. Oh, I mean, Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. Like, that had to be a bump, yes. Uh, Yes. Talk to me. Talk to me, Keith. I need to hear the numbers. Well, I I literally don't have the numbers because I was just going to tell people to go read my story online. I will say, though, Tracy Chapman's fast car uh, reenters the Billboard Hot 100 this week. It uh, uh, reenters at number 42. I love that. It was a top 10 hit during its original chart run back in the late 1980s. Other songs on the Hot 100 this week that post gains in the wake of the Grammys include Dua Lipa's Houdini, which goes 30 to 20. She performed that in a medley as part of the show opener. Victoria Monet's On My Mama, which goes 50 to 33 after she won Best New Artist. Uh, And uh, Billy Joel's Turn the Lights Back On debuts at number 62. It's his first Hot 100 hit since 1997. He, of course, performed that. That song, which is his first new single in a million years, on the Grammys. Also in the top 10, uh, as Jack Harlow's Lovin' On Me returns to number one for a fifth non-consecutive week, there are three songs that post big gains in the top 10, thanks to the Grammys. SZA's Snooze goes 10 to 5, Luke Combs' Fast Car goes 20 to 8, and Miley Cyrus's Flowers goes 32 to 10. One last thing, last week's number one, Megan Thee Stallion's Hiss, falls from number one to number 13. Man. There's chart news. That's a lot of chart news. Your turn. <laughs> oh, actually, no, wait. Uh, one last thing. Yes. I just want to say, um, after I've been sort of bemoaning the sleepiness of the Billboard 200 in recent weeks, I mean, bemoaning. It was a very active time. Yes, is that what you're saying? No. Oh, okay. But I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. What I was going to say is, uh, after bemoaning how it's been very sleepy, which is kind of typical for the first, first part of the sure. year, you know, while it's a very sleepy chart, it also kind of makes my Sundays a little bit easier. because <laughs> Your less, Sundays can also be sleepy. It's, it's less to write about. Um, we're coming up on a time where there's going to be a whole oh my gosh. bunch of stuff happening. So uh, we've got on, and this is just a sampling of some, some significant albums coming out in the next like two months. Yeah, yeah. On March 8th, we've got Ariana Grande and Bleachers. On March 15th, we have new albums from Justin Timberlake, Casey Musgraves, and Lenny Kravitz. On March 29th, we have a new Beyonce album and a new Sheryl Crow album. We'll talk (laughs) about Beyonce more in a second. Mm -hmm. On April 5th, we have new albums from Vampire Weekend and Conan Gray. And on April 19th, we have the new Taylor Swift album, plus just announced today on February 13th, a new Pearl Jam album. Yes. Before all that... This past weekend, Kanye West and Ty Dolla Sign released their 
sort of much shuffled around album, Vultures One, which was supposed to come out last December, then got pushed and got pushed, and finally it came out, and then got, and then got retracted, and got retracted, and then, and then, got then put got, back out again. Um, on Saturday, this past Saturday, um, it it is mired in lots of sort of controversy. Of course, Kanye himself is a controversial figure uh, in general because of many of the things that he's said in the past few years, um, but specifically to this album. Uh, uh, you know, leading up to it, there was a single that he released called Everybody, which people thought was going to be on this album. It's not. Uh, it's either sampled or interpolated the Backstreet Boys' Everybody, and I believe that was not cleared, so it's not on the album, apparently, mm-hmm. I believe. Then there was uh, a situation where Kanye wanted to sample a song by Ozzy Osbourne and uh, Team Ozzy, including his wife Sharon Osbourne. Who spoke directly to Billboard. Uh, was like, no, we are not going to give him clearance to... They called him an anti-Semite, said uh, no thank you. And they called him that because he has said uh, things. Anti-Semitic things. There you go. And then um, more recently, uh, Kanye uh, re- uh, had a song on the album uh, that includes an interpolation of Donna Summer's I Feel Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna Summer's estate has said uh, he came to us asking to use a sample. We said no, and he ended up doing an interpolation, and it's <sighs> copyright infringement, and we didn't give him permission. And yet that song is still live on the album. So I don't know how this album is going to fare. I don't know what's going on with it. Also, it's his first album, not through any major distribution company. This is his first non-major label album. I mean, obviously. Because <laughs> all of these things you just said, it's like somebody in charge would have stopped all of that. Uh, well, then again, <laughs> then again, Drake put out his album and it had an uncleared Pet Shop Boys sample. Things are getting messy out there, and y'all. And Drake's on a major label. Things are getting messy Things out there. Things are getting messy. All right, Katie, tell <laughs> us about some news. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Ugh. Um, Keith, I went to the Super Bowl. I think I mentioned it's just that. Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've never I've never been to the Super Bowl. I feel like I don't need to say that. Like who's been to the Super Bowl? Like, yeah. Um, it was in Las Vegas, which if you listen to the podcast, you know I love that city. Um, for whatever reason. It's just a crazy ass city, so I really enjoy it. Um, but I um had the opportunity to go to Shadow Cascade, who was the Super Bowl DJ, the first time they ever had an in-game DJ perform at the game. So I was lucky enough to embed with his team, and that's how I spent my Super Bowl Sunday. And it wasn't a bad way to spend my Super Bowl Sunday. So it's kind of great. Well, what are sort of like the key sort of like three or four moments of hanging out with Cascade and his team on Super Bowl Sunday like what would what would surprise us cuz we know what it's like to go to a major event inside a stadium well, mm-hmm. many of us do mm-hmm. even if it's not a sporting event you kind of get the idea but what do you feel like you got to see that we would never see well the very first thing Keith was they told me where to meet them that day and uh that was at the stadium so I went to the stadium super early they wanted to meet at 11:45 the game starts at 3:30 Pacific Oh well so I got there even earlier because I'm like, I'm not going to be late for this no, moment God, like because no. I'll never find them, no. <laughs> you know? So I got there. I was in position to meet them an hour early, which I'm totally fine with. And I also got to wander the stadium a little bit, do fan things like, you And luckily you, know, you had pictures. been there before because we saw Taylor there. I'd been to the stadium before, although this was different. Mm. It was different. They Wait. had it. I mean, the security around it, the, I mean, you couldn't approach anywhere near it if you didn't have a credential or a ticket. Um, they were trying to probably keep people from tailgating who weren't actually like going to the game and that sort of thing. So right. it was just blocked off, like way different than Taylor. Um, but 
uh, I arrived super early and they told me to meet in like a certain parking lot. And thankfully, my credential got me to that parking lot. OK, because I had to like, you know, weave through a lot of uh, security and things to get there. Man, my credential, like you put it up to like a screen and it's like recognizes my face and like says, yep, the credential matches this woman's face. She can go like it was it was high level. It was like you were basically going to like the inauguration. Basically, or yes. And so I was in position to meet them an hour early. And what I quickly realized standing, just hanging out, loitering in this parking lot was that, of course, it's where artist arrivals were happening because oh, Cascade an was artist. an artist at yeah. the Super Bowl. Okay. So I got to watch everybody arrive at the Super Bowl. Keith, that was the most stunning part of the, like, that's how my day started, was watching Reba McIntyre arrive, watching Post Malone arrive, watching Andrew, Andrew day, day arrive, watching Usher really? arrive to you, the Super Bowl. You literally physically saw Usher? Stood, he walked past me, maybe a foot from me. <laughs> maybe a foot. He... And I, I knew it was happening. My 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 I started getting goosebumps because I saw like his wardrobe arrive first. It was like his wardrobe. And I literally in. was like, oh, I get a preview. It was the the first outfits the dancers wear that are like royal blue velvet like coats with like fur on them. Oh yeah yeah. Or feathers maybe. Um, I'm like, oh my god, Usher's coming. Like I'm gonna see Usher OMG. right now. Omg, indeed. So I watched every his entire entourage arrive one you know escalate at a time. Uh, as they unloaded, you know, everything they had to bring in for the halftime show, costumes and and props and things. And like, I would have thought all that stuff would have already been there the, the day before. There were some last minute costumes then because they definitely were arriving day of. And so uh, when Usher came out, uh, I heard music coming from a car and then the music came out of the car and Usher walked directly past me to go to security with a gentleman trailing him playing Usher music on a little boombox. That's how he arrived. So, so the music that you heard was Usher listening to his it own was music. Usher listening to Usher. Do, do we know what Usher <laughs> song it was? Actually, I'd never heard it before. It sounded very, it was very like um, R&B, almost spiritual. Like it was, it was not like a hit. Maybe it was something from the new album. But it was definitely Usher's voice. Like I knew it was Usher. Yeah, I mean, actually, maybe, because I have not gotten a chance to listen to that yet. So yeah, I mean, but listen, I just was like, wow, was I in the right place at the right time? And of course... I'm not trying to get kicked out of the Super Bowl before the game even begins, so I was just appreciating all of this without taking any footage of this because, like, I'm sure the artist rivals are not expecting any press to be standing around. Right. You so happen to have you, – you were basically – I was there as, as an artist. Of an artist exactly, yeah. an artist team. So I just – here I am. This is how I can relay this to the people. I was not able to take a photo or shoot any video or anything because I was like, let me just keep my, my credentials safe. And this was all while you were still waiting for Cascade. Yes. So I love yeah. the way well Cascade like shows up after all these people. Yes, yeah, I think they probably had like a lot staggered. of times staggered mm. times because it was really a well-oiled machine. Like the way they all came in in like ten-minute intervals, kind of. So yeah, so that was the that's how my day started, and I'm like, well, here we go. So I joined up with Cascade's team, and we entered into the Super Bowl. The first uh, destination was like a green room that was on the field level, and so uh, he was with his wife and his two teenage daughters, and uh, his like management team, his. I, th I believe there was an agent in the mix. There was a whole mixture. He had a photographer and a videographer, like, with him as well. Um, probably 
eight to ten of us all together. Also, by the way, Cascade filled in at the last minute for Tiesto, Tiesto, who had to pull out of the show. On Thursday. On Thursday. So Cascade literally just sort of jumping into, like, all right. Well, I, and I'm lucky that, I mean, I, I don't think this is like giving too much of the secret sauce away. I was originally going to shadow Tiesto mm-hmm. and I, and it's a completely different label team, everything for yeah. Cascade. And I went to them and said, Hey, I'm already credentialed to shadow Tiesto. I would love to do the same for you if you would have me. Right. And thankfully they would have me. Well, thank God. So, um, yeah, so we went to the green room, and then the one moment I could not join him for was that he got to go out onto the field, Ooh. like during pregame, and he, uh, him and his manager had to do that solo. The rest of us all were um, shuffled up to where the DJ platform was, which was on like the 200 level of the stadium. Um, they had it behind the end zone, behind the 49ers end zone, and then they had his team, including Cascade, they all had seats in front of his platform. So when he was not DJing, he could go down to his actual ticketed seat and watch the game with his family. Oh. So that was kind of sweet as well. So I joined them. I did not have a ticket to the show. I But I walked on down with them and sat in their seats with them while we waited for Cascade to get back up from the field. So that was the one moment I was not with him because um, I wasn't credentialed to be. So, wow. But once he got back up to the DJ platform, then I posted up there and kind of never left uh, while he was playing. He did a pregame concert, which was... During the team warm-ups, 49ers and Chiefs warming up, so everybody on the field saw Travis Kelsey dancing to his music, saw uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I think it was, from the Chiefs. He did a full-blown dance to Drake's God's Plan. Um, well, Which, by the way, I said this in my article as well. Go check out my article. Yeah, uh, It's got the full breakdown, but... Uh, the teams actually made special requests of Cascade of songs they wanted during their warmups. Oh. So, you know, Cascade, of course, has his own music and uh, typically plays, you know, more of like a vibey EDM kind of thing. I'm imagining the teams probably wanted probably more hip hop. Drake. They had two Drake songs, God's Plan and Jimmy Cook's with 21 Savage. Uh, Turn Down for What? DJ Snake with Lil Jon. Uh, there were like the, those were the songs that they that he had to like weave in. Mm-hmm. And you could tell like the players like lit up when he played those songs. They were obviously like their the songs they wanted you know uh he played like rhythmic sweet dreams like a lot who requested that i've a good you. question right exactly <laughs> should we find out whose Patrick personal Mahomes. request that was <laughs> um so that was the pregame concert which went on for like 15 minutes and the nfl actually gave him extra time for the pregame concert it was a really long set he like was during the entire warm-up period and the nfl came to him 10 minutes in and said we can give you like four or five more minutes if you are like down. And he said to me um, afterward, you know, I'm a one man band. I can just like, I don't need sure. to like, you know, talk to my guitarist and make sure that's okay. Like literally he's like, yeah, I'm a DJ. I can throw in five more minutes of music. So don't that's worry. what he did. So he had to like go off script for that and play whatever. He's like, what do I have in here? And added it in after like meticulously making a playlist to the exact time that they had allotted him. You know what I mean? Right. But he, he, you know, he adjusted. Um, well, so that's what those were like the key highlights that we didn't actually get to see. Um, then during the show, obviously, or during the, the Super Bowl, there were moments that Cascade, you know, we got to see on TV. Two in game moments between the first and second quarter and the third and fourth quarter were his other two game moments that w- they put little tastes of it on the broadcast. But in the in the stadium, it was actually more like two and a half, three minutes, like a whole commercial break he was playing. But then they showed like a 10 second snippet on the broadcast. So during the commercial break, all the commercial breaks, could you hear him? No, no, no. Like literally, oh. just those between those two 
the quarter breaks were the two times that he so, played. So in total, how much music do you think Cascade played oh, that the audience inside the arena actually heard? 20 minutes. In total. 15 pregame concert, two and a half, two and a half. Wow. Yep. And it was... But he got identified on TV. Oh, yeah. Well, and he was so smart. In his two in-game moments, which is going to be the most watched things, he played his own music. Yeah, of course he would. Yeah, he played his song with Dead Mouse um, from their, uh, I don't know if they call it K times five or KX five from their uh, side project last year. He played the song Escape and he um, tweeted afterward, uh, I just played Escape for 100 million people, you know? So I I wonder wonder if he had to get approval from someone that... It's like, these oh, the he songs. had to get playlist approval, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he actually told me that the trickiest part of, of his day. Are there curse words? Are yes, there... which he doesn't typically have to worry about. He's like, none of my music has any of that. Right. But the special requests that were asked for, he's like, I got to right. make sure these are not only the clean versions, but like super NFL, clean. Super Bowl, family, you know, versions. Right. And so he said that that was the most time-consuming part of his prep was going through and like making sure everything would pass like the censors um, and get approved before him. But like I said, he also threw in an extra five minutes. So that wasn't, you know, yeah, going to be okay. But he knew the rules. He knew the rules. Yeah. Amazing. Well, go check out Katie's story online. Yeah. I was like, what should I headline this? Then I'm like, how about just we went to the Super Bowl with Cascade. So look happened. for that. Look for that headline. <laughs> um, gosh. Uh, it's funny. Like uh, uh, last before 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 the this weekend, we did not know that there was going to be a new Beyonce album announced. Correct. We did not know that Kanye's album was going to materialize. Correct. Finally. Uh, we did not know that the Wicked trailer was going to appear during the Super Bowl. Correct. Um, there are so many things that happened over the weekend, uh, but I guess the two things that we have to talk about are Beyonce has a new album and two new tracks. Yes. And the Wicked trailer. So she starred in this Verizon commercial during the Super Bowl and it was about breaking the internet. It's adorable. It's funny. It's uh, it's honestly great and it's, I understand exactly why she agreed to do this commercial. Beyonce it's, as it's a great. funny sort of actress. Yes. I, I, we love seeing funny, yeah, fun Beyonce. with Tony Hale from Veep. Like just, it was adorable. Yeah. And then she ended it with like drop the new music and it's like everyone's like, I get goosebumps thinking about it because everyone is like, what? what? New music? And there's thinking maybe it's the visuals from you know renaissance Renaissance that we're still waiting for etc no two brand new songs and we've been speculating you know is the second act country yes the answer is yes well we don't know well we've heard two songs texas Texas hold'em and 16 carriages and they are country texas hold'em is very country they are beyonce country i mean when you look at when you look at (laughs) playlists uh i on the initial when i looked at playlists over the weekend initially uh texas hold'em was on a number of country playlists Mm. and 16 carriages was on a on a lot of pop and r&b playlists oh it's interesting because i don't know carriages made me think of like it it felt like a miranda lambert song to me like i was like this is a this is a country song it'll be interesting to see what the whole album sounds like yes and also if uh renaissance act one well we don't know what the album's going to be called she just called it act two march 29th we know what the album is called yes if if act one was renaissance and that was a sort of tribute to house r&b uh dance music and sort of pop and all that stuff mixed mm-hmm. in if act two is is a melange of country with r&b and pop what will act three be because this was supposed to be a three-act project according to rumors you know our friend tetris had a great theory about that because Rock. everyone says yes because everyone says that she's basically reclaiming all these genres that originated as black genres like house music and now country like these were like you know southern roots and often with with black singers rock being the next uh, potential uh, one which please bring me the Beyonce rock album it, I'm all in it's interesting that you know through her career she, it's not like she hasn't done 
Uh, all of this. All of this. Like obviously, <laughs> like literally all of this. All, obviously, <laughs> dance music and R and B music is 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 her wheelhouse. But she has done country music in the past. She's Daddy worked, Lessons. Daddy Lessons. She, she and then she did that. Of course, the famous uh, performance with the Dixie Chicks on the with CMA the Awards. Yep. That was a remix of Daddy Lessons. Mm-hmm. And then she worked with Jack White on a country song yep. as well. So this, she's no stranger to this. And then um, and then rock also. Rock. I I think of like performances she's done in the past that definitely veer rock. Like she, I mean, she can. She when can is do her twenty fifth anniversary? in the business <laughs> or is it 25th <laughs> 25 we need for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh by the God, way the Rock Hall go. nominees were announced as well my oh God, my we God. don't even have time for yeah, that yeah Cher Mariah Cher Carey Cher's nominated oh man this, it was honestly uh, like too much news too much news and, and then, it came on Saturday the Rock Hall nominations like this before Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll talk more about that next week yeah we um, can do that we can do that finally though the Wicked trailer also debuted during Super Bowl um, it was the first trailer for the musical movie which the first part speaking of Acts 1 and 2 uh, the first part's coming out in December and then there's going to be a second part coming out next year and it's starring Ariana Grande and Cynthia Erivo and we didn't get much in the way of music it starts with like a little taste and then it ends with the big belting moment from Def- Gravity, which is Cynthia Erivo's big moment as Alphaba. So we got like we got a little vibe. And I, I honestly like hearing that. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound like Adina Menzel. And no. that's the version that we know. Right? right. And we've become so familiar with. So I kind of love that she obviously is making a conscious choice. Like, I'm not going to be Adina's Alphaba. It's 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 a tough one because it's almost like uh, the reason why Funny Girl was never uh, restaged on Broadway mm. for such a long time because everyone just identified just wanted that. Barbara. Specifically, a very specific sound and Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. And every Alphaba that came after Adina Menzel on Broadway had, had to, to do an Adina impression. Had to do an Adina. Well, yeah. <laughs> Basically. And, and, uh, Which I say that lovingly, by the way, because n- most people can't do an Adina Menzel right. impression. So quote. you've always been in the shadow of Adina Menzel's yes. Alphaba. Yeah. Um, and so it's like that was one of the questions. Like, okay, what are they going to do? Obviously, Cynthia Riva was an amazing singer, an amazing performer. Mm-hmm. But she looks very cool green too. Yes. Like really cool. It works. <laughs> the glasses. Um, I loved it. It makes me think um, that the first uh, Wicked Part One or whatever they're calling yeah, it yeah. makes me think they're going to end it at the end of Act One of, with Defying Gravity. With Defying Gravity, because because oh. the the music, the stage version of Wicked. The I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> yeah. The first act before you go to intermission ends with Defying Gravity, yeah, yeah. and that is the like Alphaba rises in the air. You're she's, probably she's exactly singing, right. She's singing the high notes, and then this, this the stage goes black. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and then you're like, what the hell just <laughs> happened? I can see that will be the end to this yeah, movie. I think you're exactly right, but I I'm so but it looked great. It I'm looked so fun. optimistic after seeing this trailer because it was beautiful. I think we saw a lot of like you know, kind of paparazzi on set pictures and things. And of course, it's going to look a little goofy, like, you know, set in the real world against this like colorful, fantastical backdrop. But seeing it like in that universe, it looks really good. And then we see Michelle Yeoh. We see, uh, is it Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Yeah. It's like, I can't wait for this movie. I'm assuming he's the wizard. He, yes, he must be the wizard. And I, while we didn't actually get much speaking from any of the characters, you got just a little bit enough from Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande where it was just a taste where it's like, oh, these Ariana is doing the sort of like it, – it's, it's funny. It's the right tone. Mm. It's what you want – 
Glinda from to be. From Glinda, yes. Want, that, it's what Glinda's character. Glinda is supposed to be sickly sweet, just like yes, like so yes. And you know, I, you know, it, it's like you saw how these two will become friends. Yes. And what will happen? Yep. So. I think it looks amazing, and uh, I yeah love yeah. it. All right. So the Super Bowl, my God, just too much. We didn't even talk about halftime. I mean, Usher's halftime was so good, you guys. Like, it was perfect. The way he incorporated guests without taking his own shine away. The way he had, like, nine million outfit changes and worked in so many songs with, like, little, you know, snippets. And in the stadium, I always wondered whether the halftime show, like, how it reads in the stadium. It reads great. It was so fun. It was like I was at the concert of the century. I absolutely adored it. Wow. Yeah. Well, Speaking of halftime shows, yes. let's get to the chart side of the week. Let's do it. So, uh, we're just going to make it a quiz, Katie. Okay. This should be a relatively simple question. <laughs> okay. Which of these Super Bowl halftime performers has never had a number one album on the Billboard mm, 200? Okay. Your choices are the Blues Brothers, who headlined the 1997 show. 1997? Yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's stunning. Uh, the Who... <laughs> Who headlined in 2010. Who? Nelly, who took part in the all-star lineup in mm-hmm. 2004 alongside Janet, Diddy, Kid Rock, Justin Timberlake, and a, and a cavalcade of all-stars. Mm-hmm. Or Phil Collins, who took part in the 2000 show with uh, Tony Braxton, Enrique Iglesias, Christina Aguilera, and others. So of those four, Blues Brothers, The Who, Nelly, or Phil Collins, which of them has not had a number one album on the Billboard 200? You thought this would be easy, huh? I I don't know the answer to this question. Good. That's the whole point. Uh, the Who. You're correct. Really? Really. So many classic albums. Yeah. But I knew I knew you were trying to trick me. That's yeah. why I picked them. All right. So there's <laughs> the chart side of the week. A little uh, look back at uh, Super Bowl halftime performers on the Billboard 200. We've reached the end of our big show. Frankly, this show could have been two hours. <sighs> oh, my God. But, you know, we don't have enough time. We'll have yeah. to just roll Maybe over. Maybe there'll be an act two. Act Podcast two. Podcast act two. What Super genre Bowl? will we cover next week? I know week? you still want to talk about Super Bowl next week, right, everybody? <laughs> sure. We have the Oscars now to talk oh about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Rock World Hall of Fame. Too much. I can't think about March yet. It's <laughs> uh, what, what song should we go out on? Oh, my gosh. The choices. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think of what we should do. Go out on a, on a song by The Who. Uh, can I go out with a song from my new best friend, Cascade? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, uh, I love Move For Me, and that's what he uh, soundtracked one of his Instagram stories sharing Billboard's article, oh. which, what a sweetheart. So Move For Me, let's go out on it. We'll go out on that, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.